Hey guys, welcome back to Cover 6 Flex and today we are going to go into the recap of week number 17 and how every playoff situation currently looks on both the AFC and the NFC side. Later in the week, I'll be doing full previews for each game, but let's start off with the last game that basically happened. And that is the Washington football team was able to prevail over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles will now have the number six pick in the draft, which is not bad because it seems as if whoever trades for Carson Wentz, because it seems that Philadelphia will move on from him, whoever trades for him uh, will likely be a team that gives up a high draft pick uh, to acquire him so you're going to look at a team that that's going to have some draft capital and be able to rebuild but uh Jalen Hurts left the game last night with an injury and that you know we never we we, we won't know what what could have been uh obviously but uh the Washington football team was able to prevail uh Alex Smith did what Alex Smith does right he's he's a a, a, a as as the term goes game manager quote unquote but made enough plays through the air and the ground um, and they were able to secure a victory and next week will host uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this was a, a, a back and forth game um, obviously I wasn't able to, to watch the entire thing I, you know guys I go to sleep now pretty early uh, you know heading to work right now it's about 1.15 in the morning that's how this goes now so it was a good game accounts and reports really a, a close game throughout uh, Washington you know not gonna not gonna go too far into to the game yet as I said later on I'll be doing a preview but you know this is a balanced football team and when you have balance meaning you have the special teams you have the offense uh, able to throw the ball able to to pass the ball and then can stop the run and get after the quarterback and stop the pass you give yourself a chance in every single game and you know a lot of teams a lot of people will knock uh, Washington because they're seven and nine uh, but the reality is they've shown themselves to be when Alex Smith has played a pretty decent football team not necessarily a team that maybe you know you would pick to go to the Super Bowl but they have an excellent excellent defense uh in my opinion probably the best defense in the NFC as it currently stands I mean I guess you would put the Saints there you would put the Rams there um Tampa Bay has you know they they have some ability defense they probably have I'd probably say the most talented defense um out of out of the 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 six playoff teams you know obviously I would put the Bears there but my goodness after watching them play Aaron Rodgers yesterday that was I just thought you know we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into that later but Washington congratulations on making the playoffs Alex Smith you guys know probably by now he's been my favorite player for what 10 12 years now um you know, I obviously he comes back from that broken leg and, and the, 
the multiple surgeries and you know it's a it, it's a great feeling to see a guy like that persevere that's I think what everybody wants to see um, he's a he's a he's a feel-good story you know he really is so um, definitely happy for him and that team but they're a threat they're definitely a threat uh, like I said they give themselves a chance against any opponent and that's all you ask for. I mean, if the game is close, um, they have a chance to win it because uh, they their, their biggest weakness is probably their passing offense, yes. But when you have a guy who doesn't really make mistakes very much, um, you give yourself a chance, you know, and he's shown that he can make some plays with his arm as well. Um, next year, he'll probably be better just because he'll have that, that, that year because I think what hurt Alex actually was this is his first year back with the injury so he's uh I don't want to say rusty rusty is not the right word but when you're out of football for two years and then the year you get healthy is the year you wind up coming back a little unexpectedly because I don't think they expected to play him but you know all of a sudden you start winning games and it's a it's a it, you know it's a it's a tougher decision you know remember remember the game with the Rams Washington couldn't block anybody and they've gotten a lot better since then um so they have a chance uh next week against Tampa Bay they're gonna be at home that certainly helps so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game you know it's definitely gonna be an interesting game in terms of it's really a, a top defense against a top offense and really you know Brady uh being the quarterback that, that that he's always been with those weapons, you know, that's going to be a, an intriguing matchup. Move on. Uh, the, the, the congratulations to the Cleveland Browns. You know, I said that yesterday, or I'm sorry, I said in the last pod, guys, that it had to be their best game. And I think that for all intents and purposes, for the most part, it was their best game. I thought they played well, both sides of the football. I watched the entire game. You know, Mason Rudolph actually surprised me making the plays that he made throughout the game. Um, but Cleveland, you know, in some ways, maybe they're fortunate because they had a lead, really could have put them away, couldn't do it, couldn't move the ball a few times. Excuse me. Steelers wind up coming back, but give them credit. The running game, Baker Mayfield, you know, the Steelers refused to contain Baker Mayfield when he just, I mean, he just kept scrambling for first down, scrambling for first, and they just refused to commit to a spy, and he just kept burning them. Give them credit. You know, this team, they, they are a threat. When that running game is going, they are a threat. And you have to give all the credit in the world to the Cleveland Browns. You know, you have to be happy for them, no matter what what fan you are, to to finally make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. It's got to be a good feeling. I mean, it's got to it's got to feel great. You know, to beat to beat your rival. The Steelers gave them a heck of a battle. Um, this is a good football team. It, it, it's a good team. Uh, next week. <laughs> a rematch, you know, Steelers, uh, Browns, this time at Heights Field in Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger will be back. Cam Hayward will be back. You know, they've got some more guys coming back. So it's going to be a little bit of a different game, and it's going to be real intriguing to see 
what happens and you have to give I thought uh you know, sorry guys gonna get that a lot gonna get that a lot I'm <laughs> it's it's that time of day right um, but I thought Pittsburgh you know whenever you're in a win and in scenario and the other team basically knows there's a high chance they're gonna play you the next week you can't show too much and I feel like the Steelers maybe they didn't show a lot you know and plus like I said hey they were missing guys but for Pittsburgh it has to be a confidence building game even though you didn't win it because you didn't have your quarterback and I don't know maybe Mason Rudolph played better than Roethlisberger you know <laughs> the way Roethlisberger's played but maybe the wrestle do him some good you know maybe next week he comes out with a fire lit under him because it was what I said last week guys is that Pittsburgh is the one team that you know they and Buffalo have the highest ceilings you know, they and Buffalo have the, the teams that can, can do everything at an explosive level at times. The problem for them is consistency. You know, can they be consistent enough? And the, their passing offense is their biggest weakness. And in some ways, that's a good thing. Because if you tell me a team with Roethlisberger, Claypool, Juju... And uh, Deontay Johnson, their biggest weakness, you know, is, is passing. Man, that 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 sets up, right? But, you know, being a divisional game that it will be, you know, it's probably going to be a tight one, right? And it's going to be uh, a very intriguing matchup of styles, right? Pittsburgh knows if we make Baker Mayfield beat us, we got a higher chance of winning the game than... If Nick excuse me, and Kareem Hunt are beating us, right? So, what a great matchup. What a great matchup it's going to be um, on Sunday afternoon, I believe it is. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real good one. But with the Steelers uh, having their guys back, being at home, having, having been there before, you know, they probably have the early... They're probably going to be favored in the game. They're probably going to be favored in the game. Um, the next game we will go to uh, Tampa Bay. You know, lit up Atlanta. Atlanta almost came back, and then Tampa Bay put it away late. As we talked about, excuse me. They're going to play the Washington Football Team, and this is a team that, to me. Their biggest strength is their pass, passing offense, and their passing defense. And they are going to oh, almost miss the exit, guys. Uh, they're going to rely on that. And they're a team that I think really has. Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I gotta pull this up to make sure I'm going the right way, guys. Walmart Super. Yeah, we know. Let me make sure. This. 
Okay, good deal. Good deal. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I had to I had to pull up the GPS, make sure I'm going the right way here. Um, and so, Tampa Bay. Um, you know, a lot of people are picking them to go to the Super Bowl, and I think I can I can see why. Uh, they like I said, they can stop the pass, and they can they can throw the football. You know, with those weapons that they have. With Evans and, and Antonio Brown and an older Rob Gronkowski and uh, um, his name escapes me. Uh, I can't think of his name. I cannot think of his name. The other wide receiver that they have, um, they have they have threats, and you you stack them up against anybody in the field and they give themselves a chance because the, the guy's been there before with Brady and your Bruce Arians too has been there before and they have a dangerous dangerous team that you know they're capable of beating anybody but I, I do think that being on the road for three straight games it's not that they can't win three straight games on the road but Brady's never done that in his career he's never had three straight road games and gotten to the Super Bowl right I mean that's that's not he's used to you know the bye and having two games to go basically because the bye is almost a shoe-in basically right you know and it's going to be a tough matchup for them against the Washington football team. I really believe that. I think people are going to be surprised at the ability of that defense on Washington to, to, to make the stops. But, again, not going to go too deep into it, but I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be favorite, but I don't think it's going to be by much. And we're going to see what happens. But, yeah, Tampa Bay, definitely a threat. Um, you know, they're the five seed, so whoever they wind up playing likely will be at home. So it's going to make for interesting uh, cannon fodder, as it were. But, yeah, they have a chance in every game. There's no question. There's no question that, that they can win every game that they play. And we're going to get a chance to see later on in the week uh, my thoughts on what Tampa Bay has to do to win against what Washington has to do to win. And uh, I will definitely be uh in depth on that and 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 go deeper into it what what, what's the strengths and weaknesses of each team but you know these playoff matchups they're looking real good you know they really do i mean these i feel like you look at almost every game it feels like each team can win right and that's that's really all you want you don't want you know you don't want six wild card games and you're like well five of them like you know (laughs) <laughs> you know, they're, they're pretty much determined, right? Like, we already know what's going to happen here. So, uh, that's the great thing about the playoffs. I mean, that's why we watch, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, took care of business against Carolina. Thought they would. Really thought they would. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Um they faced the Chicago Bears, who actually, if I'm not mistaken, they were the only team to lose and get in 
uh, by virtue of Arizona losing to the Rams, and they hold the the uh, the tiebreaker. You know, the Saints are an interesting team because they're going to be at home, and I think that's the one thing that that helps them probably more than any other team in the field is that. You know, I, like I said with Brady, that yeah, he's used to being at home and all that, but Brady has played in every kind of weather. That's the one advantage that he has that Breeze does not. Let me rephrase that. Brady has played well in every kind of weather. Breeze has not, and he's not an outdoor guy. And them being the two seed really, really benefits them because they're not a team that can go win three straight playoff games on the road, maybe not even two, maybe not even one, you know, so, because their offense is, is, is based on that, you know, now, this year, statistically, defensively, they have a, a defense that perhaps can, can make up for that, but we'll see when the playoffs come, um, in some ways, this is a bad matchup for them. But having watched the Bears play yesterday, my goodness, if they bring that defense to New Orleans... In two miles, use the right two lanes to take exit 20A for I-70 East toward Indianapolis. Thank you, GPS lady. Um, if they bring that defense to New Orleans, then that game's going to be over in the first half. Because that was a pathetic showing by the Chicago Bears yesterday. I'm not even going to go too far into their game. This is mainly about them playing the Saints. Um, but the Saints, on paper, they're probably going to be favored by, if I had to guess, probably somewhere between 6 and 10 points by the time the line hits uh, or is finalized on, on, on Friday or Saturday. I don't know exactly how that would work with the game being on Sunday. Does the line move at all on Saturday? I guess, I guess there's still a lot of determination, you know, whether it's injuries or whatever it is. But the Saints are definitely the better football team. I think for the Bears, this is what I mean when I say it's probably a better matchup for them than maybe anybody else in the field is that they actually match up decently well defensively to the to the Saints offense. But again, who's playing better right now? In half a mile, use the right two lanes to take exit 20A for I-70 East toward Indianapolis. So, yeah, I mean, this... this Use the right two lanes to take exit 20A. Again, like Tampa Bay, really capable of winning uh, any game that they have a shot in. Especially at home, they have a better chance. But, you know, their playoff struggles have been well documented by myself. Um, we're going to see exactly what happens here. Obviously, the quarterback matchup, even with Breeze, not being himself. It is still a heavy advantage <laughs> in New Orleans' favor, but we'll, we'll get into that later in the week. Um, and the Saints, it's going to be about Alvin Kamara. You have to assume he's going to come off the COVID list this week. Um, really strange the way that happens sometimes. You know, COVID, COVID can hit you anytime, anywhere, right? So, 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna get an opportunity to, to to look at Drew Brees. You know his playoff struggles have been have been have been recent and have been well documented. I mean they they he hasn't played well. He has not played well in the playoffs probably the last four or five outings. Um, so that has to change if they're going to beat the Chicago Bears because even though the Bears are not the class of the NFC, quote-unquote, they still have players, especially defensively, that can give you problems. So we're going to see, like I said, Saints going to be favoring this game. Uh, they're going to be at home, though, so the early edge definitely goes to the Saints. The the St. Louis Rams. I'm so, oh my goodness! Did you hear what I just said? The L.A. Rams. <laughs> the L.A. Rams. John Wolford. Uh, he looked pretty much how I thought he would. Uh, throws the early interception and winds up coming back looking better as the game went along. Not a lot better, but yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he he plays over golf. I don't. Um. I mean, he looked. He looked decent. They can they can do more things with Wolford, um, but I think Golf has a better understanding of the offense, and you know, it it, it the defense really won them the game. Um, give them credit. Um, they what are they? They're the five seed. Yeah, and so they play. And right now, off the top of my head, I don't quite remember who they play. Um, but let me, let me take a... Oh, they play the Seahawks. Wow. Yeah. I was actually talking about that yesterday. That, that should tell But, uh... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, Seattle took care of business against the 49ers. Um, you know, 49ers, you know, I, th- I think you guys know I'm a fan. Um, their quarterback play has just been abysmal. But that's not what we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about this, the, the, the Seahawks taking care of business, doing what they needed to do. They were in contention for the two seed, uh, even the one seed. Um Bears couldn't take advantage of the opportunities that they had, so Packers got that one seat. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting because the Rams and Seahawks obviously they played each other twice here this year, and these divisional games, man. Two of these game, two of these six playoff games are divisional games, and they are definitely. Closer games than maybe the paper would suggest, right? Um, the Rams have a better defense than Seattle, although not by much because Seattle's been playing a lot better lately. Um, they took care of business. You have to give them credit. You do. You have to give them credit for that. And, uh, you know, these this is two good football teams. But to me... This hinges on who plays quarterback. I mean, if Jared Goff is is playing quarterback the way that he's normally played, because he hasn't had a great year statistically, but I thought that he's taken some he's taken some strides 
and and he's played a little bit better in, in certain situations, but wow, what the heck? <laughs> What's going on with this thing? Um But yeah, they they this game is gonna be tight down to the wire. The Rams know them, the, the Seahawks know the Rams. It's almost weird in some ways the way it's gonna be so even. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, McVay against Carroll, man, it's gonna be a good matchup. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be really tight, really close. Um, DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey, right? I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of good matchups in this game that's gonna happen here. But give, give both teams credit; they got it done. The Rams wasn't pretty. The Seahawks wasn't pretty either. I mean, they were, they were losing in the fourth quarter, um, actually by ten, and. You know, they wind up coming back and getting it done. So, you know, at the end of the day, give both teams credit. Seahawks, you know, won the West, got it done. And now their reward is playing a team that really came close both times to to, to defeating them, you know. The last game, the last playoff game, or the last game, the, the Bills and Dolphins, the Bills, they just look like a juggernaut. I mean, they look like... And... You know, I I was talking to some friends uh, online that that are Bills fans, people that you can actually have rational discussions with. You know, most of Twitter is in two miles. Take exit twenty four toward Illinois. Most of Twitter is an absolute cesspool. So I've said that before. I stand by that statement. It, it because it is. It is like Twitter's absolute garbage most of the time. Um, even from people that I know, like, it's just, like, people that I follow that 49er fan, like, they just, I, it's amazing to me, like, it, it amazes me, probably more so how many people don't know football, but think that they do, right, like, just as a for instance, okay, Mason Rudolph, was playing before the 49ers did. So, obviously, everybody's watching the game. He made some plays. There's no question. But people started asking about, is he going to be available as a backup quarterback next year? Like, only someone who doesn't know football would ask that question. Because Mason Rudolph, for all of his strides, he's not that much better than Bethard or, or Mullins. Like, he's not. I mean, I like Mason Rudolph. I've watched him in college all four years with James Washington. I'm a big fan of Mason Rudolph. But he is not, not that good of a backup quarterback. Now, could I do worse? Of course. You can say that with a lot of guys, you know. But why? Why would you ask that question? You know, and then these same people will will say, oh, we need to get Justin Fields. We need to get, you know, whoever the quarterback is and all the... Bro, draft picks are not certainties. Okay? Like, draft picks have just as high a chance of working out as number one picks do. Doesn't matter where you pick them at. The front office has to get it right. That person has to fit the system. And then it has to translate them fitting the system or them mentally being able to uh, do what they need to do on the field. That has to translate to the game. And all that has to come together at once. And usually usually early success is not necessarily a true indicator 
But early success usually does tell you, okay, he has a higher ceiling. For instance, if a guy has great success his rookie year, not average or above average, but great success, well, you can look at it and say he'll be better in year two, but so will everybody else who's played against him, regardless of its defense or offense. So that's not necessarily an indicator, but you would like him to come in and contribute if he can, depending on what position it really is, right? Um, back to this Dolphins Bill thing, speaking of which, to a tongue of Iloa. I mean, for all of the things that he did at Alabama, for all the times that he was able to throw the ball down the field and and make these explosive plays, part of it, guys, you know, I'm going to call a spade a spade here, is that he's throwing to NFL wide receivers, right? I mean, he was throwing to guys that are first-round draft picks, top 10, top 15 picks, and he's got the best offensive line every single year, right? So he can stand back there, he can go through his resistance, all this stuff, and he was still injury prone, right? So now you go to the NFL and he can't throw the ball down the field. I mean, did you see him in that Bills game yesterday? That was as bad a performance from a guy who had NFL experience under his belt. It's not like it was his first game or, you know, but this is a theme with Tua that has been all year. He cannot throw the ball down the field. And they, as a result, are missing the playoffs. Like, this is a win-and-in scenario for them, right? And they needed one of Baltimore, Indianapolis, or Cleveland to lose. And it didn't happen, right? And they got absolutely molly and yeah, Josh Allen played, and that offense played some of this game, but you can't put it always on the offense that, you know, even though, because the Bills have done that to a lot of teams this year, right? Can the offense keep it close? Can the offense keep it within two scores? That's probably the bigger question, right? I mean, they couldn't even do that. They're down 28-6 to six before halftime, right? And you, you never give yourself a chance because this guy can't throw it down the field in the offseason. They've got to get that corrected. Either either he's the guy or he's not. And based on the tape, I don't know that he's the guy. Now, I'm not as harsh on rookie quarterbacks as a lot of people are, but I'm also not as friendly as the media is toward Tua, despite the fact that he's averaging 6'6 per attempt. Like, how do you tell me that this guy is the guy and he's averaging 6'6 per attempt? Per attempt, not per completion, per attempt. That tells you everything you need to know. And then somebody on Twitter tries to tell me, it's not Tua, it's his receivers and his play calling. Bro, have you watched him play this year? In every game he's played this year, he does not throw the ball down the field. Magically, before he was in for Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick was killing it with these same group of wide receivers. Right? Like, come on, dude. And then... As if it wasn't an indictment on him, right? Tua plays 50, what, 59 minutes of game time last week against the Raiders. Doesn't throw the ball down the field. Doesn't challenge the defense, right? He never does any of that, right? Fitzpatrick, in one drive, goes down the field and in one play, basically saved their Actually, in two drives, because he actually played two drives, now that I think about it. I, I actually forgot he played the drive before. They got points. And then, like, Flores knows it. Like, like these guys, like, 
you guys, you, you have to watch the games yourselves and forget about what everybody else is saying a lot of time. Because the media doesn't know Jack Squad. And I'm not just talking about football. All right? I'm talking about with everything. Like, I am so tired of hearing these guys talk about, oh, he's so great. No, he he went to Alabama. And, oh, he, he came in and threw a game-winning catch in a championship game. And, oh, it, that's all fine and good. But that's that that was a long, long time ago now, right? We're talking about three years ago, and you're still lauding over those accomplishments. He is now in the National Football League, and this kid cannot throw a pass down the field. And it's pathetic. And everybody keeps bailing him out. And they keep saying how great he is and all this other stuff. And you get you just look, if you're gonna if you're gonna sit here and you're gonna hide his flaws, okay, if that's how this is gonna be then everybody's great, right? <laughs> everybody's great. Everybody's a franchise quarterback. Like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, okay? Because it's not that thing too is bad. But he's shown me now, what, five, six, seven games of tape that tells me exactly who he is. Like, Fitzpatrick comes in, automatically they're throwing the ball down the field, right? He comes in and the offense just stutters, Right, he couldn't. Fitzpatrick was on the COVID list, so no matter what happened, he was going to play this whole game unless he got hurt. Like the media, they know nothing. Like, and I'm telling this guy, I'm like, dude, what? Why? Why was Ryan Fitzpatrick largely successful when he was in the games, and Tua wasn't? Well, his receivers are helping him out. Okay. First of all, that's not true. <laughs> like, okay. Like, somebody's got to make those throws, as I've said to guys before. You know, when you start talking about, okay, this receiver did this, this receiver did that, somebody's got to put those guys in position to make those plays. Brian Flores is not condensing the play calling because he's got Tua. He's calling the same doggone plays, okay? But Tua is not executing them at the level Fitzpatrick was. And I feel bad for Flores because now, having not made the playoffs, it's an indictment on him when it's not even his fault. I guarantee you the decision to start Tua when the team was 4-1 and one or 5-1, and one, whatever it is, was definitely an organizational decision. Fitzpatrick was playing well, and he played well the entire year. There wasn't a Fitzpatrick moment where you're like, uh-oh, four picks, right? He's back to his old self. So these organizations, to me, when, when, I, when I look at football teams, every team says they want to win. Every team says we want to have a culture like New England where – you know, you're expected to do your job and you do this every single day and all this stuff. Every team says that, all right? But every team doesn't follow through on it. Why in the heck would you, when your team's 4-1 and one or 5-1, and one, start this guy? If you're 1-5, and 1-4, and four, fine. But he had this team rolling along. And let's be honest and say if Fitzpatrick started all the game, probably be a playoff team right now. They probably would be a playoff team right now. You put this guy in. He stinks up the Chiefs game, right? All right. Um, and they got down big in that, even though they wound up making it close. There was a bunch of other games where it's like, dude, if you don't throw the ball down the field, the Raiders game, they that, that was a loss. Let's be honest. If Fitzpatrick doesn't make that play at the end, that's a loss. And it's an indictment, again, on Tua, who will not throw it down the field. Throwing, down, throwing the ball down the field is not everything. It is not. But for everybody who thinks that it's not important, I point to you, Exhibit A, right? (laughs) 
you know, it, it's 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 absolutely pathetic. It really is. You know, he either he's a guy or he's not. And I don't know because the Dolphins have the third pick in the draft. So I don't know what they're going to do. But if they want a quarterback, hell, they can just sit there and grab one, you know, and that's that's tough. That That's tough for 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 Tua. Yeah, but you got to show more. Because the problem is, if you go in the next year and say, "He showed us enough. We think he's the guy." What if? What if he? What if? What if he just does the same thing? What if he does the same thing he does this year, where he's basically average, or at times below average? See, now you got a roster that's probably ready to win, that can compete with Buffalo, right? Or, or really any team in the AFC because they've got legitimate lockdown corner on the other side of the ball Xavier Howard 10 interceptions should be depoy but now you've screwed everything up because you didn't address the most important position on the field right so if I'm the Dolphins I draft a guy that's just me all right they're the ones who work with them every day they're in the meeting room I'm not believing the hype and what the media says I'm going on what does the game tell me and the game doesn't tell me that it's the offensive coordinator's fault every single week. The game tells me he refuses to throw the ball down the field. And because of that, they are now on the outside looking in. And he's done it time and time again. And I don't know if you can fix that. I, I don't know the answer to that question. But I will say that it's a difficult decision that probably didn't have to be as difficult. Because had you sat him and left him sitting, right? And then you play them only when necessary. You're probably in the playoffs right now. Now, I know a lot of Dolphins fans wanted to play Tua. And they love the guy. But why? He hasn't shown anything. Right? I mean, you can love a guy all he wants. But, I mean, what is the saying? Don't tell me how you had the baby show me the milk or something like that. Right? I mean, it's got to be better. Because with Fitzpatrick... The Dolphins were a legitimate threat to win one or two games in this playoffs round. They were definitely a threat to beat any team that they went up against, including the Buffalo Bills. All right. They they can beat any team because they can stop the pass, right? And they had a quarterback who was capable of making plays. You know, the same guy is like, well, they don't have that many weapons. Oh, yeah, Mike Gasecki, he's not a weapon. Uh, Devontae Parker, he doesn't dictate coverage. Um, they got a couple other speed threats. Yeah, I'm sure they don't. I'm sure I'm sure when the Dolphins, they got to 10 wins. So how'd they get to 10 wins, right? I mean, come on, man. Oh, yeah, I just, people, they don't know football. They, they don't know football. They just see a couple plays, they like a guy, and they say, oh, well, it's his play calling, or oh, it's his, no. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the guy on the field. You have to, don't believe what the media tells you. Trust what your eyes tell you, okay? And what your eyes are telling you is, right now, this isn't the guy. Now, I don't know if an offseason can change that. You know, because, I mean, a lot of people thought Josh Allen wasn't the guy. And I was telling you guys, on end, this is the guy. <laughs> like, like, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, he's not. He's not. And I, listen, when the draft happened, and they drafted Josh Allen. I was like, no, I don't agree with it. I don't think he's good. He's, you know, accuracy, accuracy problems don't get solved in the NFL usually. And that's true. But then after I watched his rookie year 
he had the same completion percentage, right? 52% that he had in college, right? And then last year was the year where I said, all they got to do is get him a number one. If they get him a number one, he's going to take a step. Now, did I think he was going to be the Josh Allen of now? No. I did think he'd take another step, though. I just didn't think it would be to the level of, okay, they, they're going to win the Super Bowl because of Josh Allen. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's different. But you have to be able to identify these traits because when you're when the media tells you what they tell you, a lot of times it's just favoritism or they like a guy. Sometimes it's facts, but sometimes things are so easy, right? Trevor Lawrence is great. Yeah, uh, we know that. Uh, that, that, that. That's easy amounts of data that we've seen the last couple of years to say that statement. Justin Fields is great. I don't know the I don't know that that's true. I know he killed Clemson the other day. All right. All right, I, 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 I know what my eyes told me in that game, and that was that Clemson was trash on defense, and that Justin Fields is a pretty good quarterback. Let's wait, right? Let's wait. You know, let's look at the whole body of work. I think he's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not telling you that he's not going to be the second quarterback or maybe even the first quarterback drafted, but let's relax. You know, let's, let's hold on. Let's put as as my 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 favorite uh, statement from Bill Parcells. Put the annoying oil away. We need to do same thing with Tua. Like relax on this guy, okay? Relax. <laughs> like calm down on that. Buffalo Bills though, they are juggernaut. Um, you have to give them a ton of credit. Um, what they've been able to do, building their program under McDermott. I'm not gonna go too far into it because I'm at work now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start pretty soon there. But Josh Allen, man, he throws the early pick, which was just a heck of a play by the cornerback, honestly. Um, late throw by Allen, though. I mean, there's no question. And and then he just he just starts carving them up. And to me, and I said this to a buddy of mine, John Brown makes their offense unguardable. And I said this, you know, John Brown had been out for like eight, nine weeks. And I had told him that I said, when John Brown is in that offense, they are unbeatable. And he's like, no, I think we're, I think we're fine without him." And I said, no, I said, because you have to keep in mind what John Brown was in Arizona and what he was last year for these same Buffalo Bills. He had his struggles last year. There's no question because I was the one who said they need to get a number one. John Brown, not a number one. He's a really good number two, but that's why they're unbeatable with him on the field because he's, He's either going to force them to double digs, right? And and a lot of times, a number two dictates coverage just as well as a great number one because a number one, automatically you go into this game and say, we can't let Stefan Diggs beat us. But when you have a really good number two, you have to try your best to bottle him up too. And now Cole Beasley is going to have all kind of room in the middle of the field because John Brown, like Diggs, is a speed threat. Right, and he can win his matchups against number twos or number threes. He can play in the slot just like Diggs can, dude. They're gonna roll to the AFC Championship game, barring no injuries. I have said I believe they are the best team in football, and I've been saying that for three weeks now. A lot of you know they weren't saying that, you know, but they're they're a hail mary away from nine straight wins. Like if they had nine straight wins right? Would we still be calling the Chiefs the best team? Maybe we would because they won the Super Bowl last year, but they're not the best team. Like, you can't watch the Chiefs play the last nine weeks 
and then watch the Bills play those same nine weeks and tell me that the Chiefs were better. Like there, you that that's a invalid argument. And I love that we get to see it on the field. For everybody who thinks that Mahomes is unbeatable and all of this stuff, and that Josh Allen, they're waiting for him to fail, right? A lot of t people are. They're waiting on Josh Allen to make that crucial mistake. So we say, ha, we were right. And, and the Chiefs are still the best. And all. We're going to see. We're going to see on the field. And it gets to be proven every single week. But at the end of the day, the Bills have built a juggernaut right now. And... They go into this game next week against the Colts, who I'm going to get into my thoughts on them, but this game, to me, smells blowout. Like, you barely beat the Jaguars. Like, by barely, I mean, you, 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 you won by 14, but the game was close for a lot of that second half. Jaguars had their chances even to, to, to tie that game up. I just... I don't know. I I have to wait. I will wait, look at the data and everything, but I don't think, you know, I, I, and, and teams like that give the Bills problems that can run the football, right? But to me, you look at that game, I, that was not a nice performance. That was, that was, that was not a good performance yesterday. <laughs> that was, that was, that, you, a win and in scenario, right? Unless you're missing your quarterback or something, you you got to put that team away. You got to blow that team out. Now it is a divisional matchup that has something to do with it for sure. But I don't know. I don't know about these Indianapolis Colts guys. But that's it. I'm gonna sign off here, guys. Um, I will be back later on in the week to fully preview each one of the playoff games. My, not sure yet what day. Maybe tomorrow. I will have to look at my schedule and see. Um, I'm I'm fairly certain that Friday for sure I will have one up. Um, probably a, a a a closer preview of the Saturday games and and you know th Thursday Friday something like that. Um, if I don't if I don't do one tomorrow, then uh, I'll do Saturday games tomorrow and then I'll do Sunday games on the next one. But um, yeah. All right, guys. Everybody stay safe out there and uh, appreciate you guys listening as usual. And I will catch you next time.